0: JP Productions
1: You are now listening to the Sierra Unravelled podcast. This space was created to inspire, to encourage and to connect all those who have gone through life and managed to stay sane. I mix my own personal drama, <laughs> I mean trauma, mental health, motherhood, domestic violence awareness, spirituality and a whole lot of Sierra Unravelled. I'm so glad you're here. In this episode, I have Miss Kate Vrastak from Canada to discuss a variety of topics with me. She is a number one best-selling author twice over, a public speaker, and transformational coach. She holds certifications in social work, grief therapy, trauma, and suicide prevention. She has been a mental health advocate for over 25 years. Which was orchestrated when she lost all of her family at a young age and became an orphan at just 13 years old and now she lives her life trying to help others find their voice and help them to understand that their mess is just their message welcome to sierra unraveled kate thank you so much sierra for
0: being here with me and inviting me to this platform because i believe that a message is powerful as that everybody has a message um, and basically if you have come from a background such as mine or any kind of trauma it can become your catalyst to help other people move forward and that's what I'm all about instead of dwelling on the circumstances I have chosen to rise up and use it as came to purpose basically so I'm here releasing my story from the past holds that it would have had on me. As people know, probably listening to this, being an orphan isn't the easiest uh, journey, uh, to say the least, when you don't have any family and they're taken from you so abruptly that it caused uh, a diagnosis that they put on me at different times of post-traumatic stress disorder. But I tend to look at it as post-traumatic growth that I have endured and been able to apply to my life because as a result of using and utilizing many resources along the way, I have been able to overcome it and therefore then gave back and uh, still on my healing journey because it's a healing journey. It's not a destination. I want to encourage everybody that's listening that it's definitely not a set destination that, oh, by this date, you're going to be cured. It's not that. It's the fact that you just keep picking up, as the Bible would say, your cross and you keep going forward. Well, for me, it was picking myself up emotionally and physically and even mentally, because sometimes you can get down, you can get discouraged, but most of all, during anniversaries, I get lonely. And just like anybody else, I miss my family. And that's the time that you want to commemorate special occasions and celebrate birthdays and anniversaries, et cetera, with family, like when my children have accomplishments, you know, but at the same time, I've looked at it that it's been insightful for me to see how strong I have been and not given myself enough credit to overcome what I have. And I'm here to say that it is possible And it's necessary to let go of the trauma, because what you'll do is you'll keep attracting it if you don't. So that fateful day that I lost my family, I knew ironically enough that it was going to happen. I had a clairvoyant uh, vision in my dream that woke me up and I went to try to stop my mother from leaving that day. And lo and behold, I was just a child, so I was not uh, loud enough or um, convincing enough to stop her. So therefore, it made me feel like my voice didn't matter. So now on my healing journey, I discovered after going through a lot of therapy and a lot of uh, support along the way that I chose to reach out for, that my voice was important and it matters. And everybody's voice matters because when you can heal your throat chakra or your, your throat energy of speaking, period, you can really speak to many different people that are going through Um, different trials and tribulations. And I would say that I'm more spiritual as a result of what I've gone through. Um, Yeah, sure, I quote the Bible because my mother did die with missionaries and I was really indoctrinated into a lot of different religions before she was um, passed over. I believe she still lives in spirit for me. Um, I feel I pull on her energy at different times in my life. So I don't look at it as an end. It's just a means to help me be inspired to go forward. So that's why I can also be from the healed place when I speak, not so much in the pain. And uh, that's what I encourage your listeners to see that there is life after death and um, your pain can be somebody else's passion or medicine to rise up to.
1: Yes. I'm so in agreement with everything you're saying. And I feel like that has been a big part of my healing process as well. I was not spiritual at all leading up into my life where I decided to get baptized, but that has been a huge influence in pretty much everything that I can do now, because before that I kind of just felt lost and I wouldn't be able to, or I didn't really see the importance of letting go of my trauma to be able to help other people when you were younger did you have any idea that you would end up doing this kind of work well ironically enough the night
0: before my mother passed with the missionaries um I was prophesied on that night that God would use my life mightily and I'm like yeah whatever like (laughs) all people probably get that same prophecy but I had been always anointed a lot when I went up to the altar as they call it in in Uh, non-denomination and I would always be preyed on and I just I knew that there was something more but my mother was preparing me basically I believe to this day because of my journey um, to go within to be silent to meditate because that's how I've manifested where I am today so I can honestly say as a child no I just knew that because the child I was to not be seen or be heard as a child my mother kind of kept me hidden from um, any kind of trauma that I would endure, ironically enough, but I did still endure trauma. And this is what brought her to bring me to many religions is because she wanted to purify my soul after being um, traumatically abused by the man that um, she was living with for 10 years. That being said, it it brought me to um, a realization that we're all human, we all make mistakes, but it's what we do with that and how we change that and become the messenger or message for others to see that you can overcome you know, different traumas. And yes, it, it does uh, have its representation in my life still for me to help others go and walk through triggers and trauma-informed uh, therapy that I do with my clients because I know what it's like firsthand. But I'm not here to say that I can say exactly that I know what your pain is, but I'm here to hold the container of sacredness that you can feel safe to open up to me. Because not only did I not feel safe as a child, but in growing up, I realized I pulled on different resources along the way, mainly my faith, because I believed in like as the Bible says, the faith of a a mustard seed can do wonders and and be powerful. And that's what I basically had, because I prayed and most times. I would even fall asleep praying because I was so fervent in my ability to, you know, surrender and let go and not be so conditioned to outcome because I didn't know as a child what was going to happen next. And it's just one loss after another was enough for me. But the icing on the cake was when my last brother was murdered and I had to go through the court system to heal with that. And I chose that consciously because I wanted to forgive the gentleman that had also the others other two gentlemen that also took my family because I knew there was power in forgiveness there's power in surrendering to allow the forgiveness for yourself most importantly but as the bible also teaches is that it's truly where forgiveness lies is that we need to come from that place of you know humility and be totally submissive to what God has ordained for us and you know God doesn't give us more than we can handle And we just have to trust that in every circumstance or situation that we go through, there's a mightier purpose for it. And that's why I say my pain is my purpose and my passion to help other people uh, give them hope. So I call it medicine. Our words can be medicine to someone's soul and they can inspire and spark a flame of, you know, ignited um, possibilities for them that are infinite and I'm here to say, yeah, the doors have opened because I've just surrendered and I continue to meditate. I continue to pull on different resources along the way, scriptures to spiritual um, beliefs and, and different things, because I believe in a holistic approach, not just one narrow way, because there's exactly with different cultures, there's different traditions and different ways of learning about higher power in our higher self. So, um, To answer that question, no, in the long long and short of it is that I just knew that there was something else out there for me, and that if I could save one life, I was doing my job still here on earth. Yes, my whole family was taken from me, but my life was still here worth living. Yes, I did go through a little dip once because at Christmas time is my worst time. Cause I lost all my family between September and March. And that is the time that I have a difficult time. And yet yeah, it tends to be in that seasonal effectiveness disorder time period as well. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I, my body knows, as the book says, the body keeps the score that when you have trauma, you have to heal it from the core, from the root in, in your soul and find what that purpose is and what it's going to make as a catalyst in your life. So that's why I'm, I'm surrendering. Every day, I just ask God, use me. You know, I surrender, but I'm not attached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. And having a voice on podcasts like this and platforms that I have coming up this year is a blessing and I'm just so grateful and it comes back to gratitude.
1: Yes, I'm really grateful to have you. I think forgiveness is super important. I know I wanted to discuss like your acronym of forgiveness, freedom to let go of past emotions. So I did want to go a little bit more in depth what that process of forgiveness was like for you. Um, Is it something that is easy or do you struggle with it from time to time? How do we work through that?
0: Yes, working through forgiveness is not an easy journey, you need to have a witness as someone that keeps you accountable along the, the path of forgiveness. And I hold uh, clubhouse rooms, and I have a forgiveness group on Facebook. And I support people individually and in groups. But that being said, forgiveness is a journey. It's layer, it's um, a process. And I have a free link that will be the starting of the process for you. It's basically writing letters to those that hurt you because energetically it releases the stigma in your energetic field and your thought process is able to empty out because when we hold our emotions in it can perpetuate more dis-ease in the body and it can manifest you know heart issues digestive issues you know cancer it can it can multiply into many different elements within our body so having forgiveness is really key, but it's for ourselves. We, we automatically look at forgiveness for the other person, but it's not, and this is what I'm here to teach. And my passion is about helping people forgive because my acronym for forgiveness is that there's freedom in the forgiveness, but the freedom comes for you because as those that killed my entire family were not held behind bars and still are not. They're free, but I was holding myself behind energetically and I was holding on to resentment, anger, shame, and even guilt. But why? It wasn't mine to have. But I was angry that why could somebody else go scot-free when I was lonely and isolated and abandoned, but also felt rejected by society and systems because there's systems in place for a reason, but I fought the court system and it didn't, it failed me. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to say that forgiveness has to be an individual journey. A path that you want to let go of least resistance because as um, the road less travels talks about is that you just have to go along the journey and whatever you're guided to it will manifest itself to allow you to go the next step so I just leaned into the forgiveness because there was one fateful day that a tree fell on my home and then fell on me as I was trying to take care of it with being on the phone with a contractor. And that brought me down to my knees after I had just had a house fire in my matrimonial home, just left my marriage of 21 years and also had my son attempt suicide. So I had all of this compiled on me. And I just that day let out the loudest scream that I had ever let out in my whole entire life. Hmm. And I realized it was the power in that release that I didn't even have as a child because my mother kept me silent, which was my best advice because I was able to meditate all this time and just go in inward and say, okay, what else is here for me? Well, that day I had no one to pick me up, no one to answer my call. And thankfully I put it on Facebook and my one friend um, reached out and she drove by, literally she, all she could do was drive by and drop me off at the hospital because she was um, had a prior engagement. So I realized that day that I am the only one responsible for my life and where my trajectory of my life is going to go. Nobody else, not those murderers, not anybody, like even my parents, nobody was to condition me to where I was to go in my life, but me. So I grabbed a hold of my own ownership and responsibility and said, listen here, this is what I need to do for me. So I you know, was determined and I recertified in neuro-linguistic programming. And that fateful day, when I got my certification, I had a powerful process because of the concussion that I had as a result of the tree, I could not look at daylight or sunlight for the longest time. So like Debbie Ford talks about going into your darkness, into your shadow and healing that there's a purpose for it. You don't stay there too long, but there's a purpose to go into that darkness. And that's what I did. I felt it for all it was worth and said, okay, there's enough here. Like I couldn't even look at light. But I realized that it was my light that I needed to embrace within me to be that beacon for others to help them rise up and speak their truth and know that my story is just as powerful as somebody else's. And it's not to be negated or uh, diminished, but it's to enlighten others, to be empowered, to step into their truth and to speak life. But also to execute it and to allow them to be, you know, ignited to that they are here for a purpose. And it's bigger than what we can even imagine. Like my, my purpose keeps evolving every day, every week, every month that I just say, God use me, I surrender and I allow. And as I even get goosebumps, as I say it, the universe aligns appropriately to what we're ready for to receive. And when we come from a heart of a gratitude and a soul that's connected to spirit and we trust our higher self, we can only have limitless possibilities. So that day that I had that neuro-linguistic process processing um, that I had a witness, he was there guiding me, plus uh, another uh, beautiful soul that was um, learning to become certified, held that space for me, that I had that powerful process that made me realize that forgiveness was possible. And I was able the next day to look at daylight, I was able to open up the the curtains, I was able to look at lights prior to that I was just uh, with my pink Himalayan salt lamps, Mm -hmm. and it was powerful like the power of forgiveness opened up where I was even able to say I could forgive the murderers because I went through seven years of the court system to forgive. And I showed up for myself and I realized that that's what it took is that I had to realize I was worth it and that my trajectory in my life was in my hands, not in somebody else's, not in those three murderers that took my family. It was me that had to take that responsibility. So I took ownership and and not holding on to the resentment, the anger, the fear of that. What if 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 I'm next? You know, no, I had to let go of all of that and allow myself to surrender to the infinite possibilities that life has for me. So I'm here to say that that's possible for everyone.
1: Like I'm getting goosebumps talking to you and it's taking all of me to not like scream yes and amen every time. So um, let's tie mental health into this. Um, I know that's a big part of what I do and just speaking to others because it is not of us. And from the I enemy and we're always trying to fight that off. But when you're a trauma survivor, that is often a main component in a lot of the things that you or I or everyone might go through. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is something that is not now since COVID
0: being swept under the carpet as easily as it used to be. It is more spoken of, and it should be, and it should have been all along, because all the labels that I've been given over the years, I say to myself that that created a stigma, and that stigma held me back. So I'm here to speak life to mental health, because in order for me to heal, to become an advocate myself, professional advocate, I had to go through my own journey. So I'm here to say, that I continuously take on different modalities, learn different strategies, different tools to equip myself to be able to be present for other people. So like EMDR, cognitive behavior therapy, the um, EMDR uh, and NLP, sorry, but hypnotherapy, uh, you know, all of these different modalities, there's so many tapping, there's, there's all kinds, but in mental health, we need these modalities because the body keeps the score. And until we heal the nervous system, the perivagal nervous system, we will be in fight, flight or freeze mode. So in mental health, that's the main definition behind mental health is that either you're in fight because you just have to survive like I was in the masculine for so long, Mm -hmm. or you want to freeze like I did that night of the, the tree falling on me and said, Okay, like, what do I do next? And I said, No, I'm going to allow myself to step into my my truth and get up, because that's the only way I'm going to fight back. But in all of that, the fight, flight or freeze is not where we want to stay. But we can fight so easily because we think that it's great to move on to the next thing because the past has to be like, oh, but it's not that easy. You have to show up to do the work because it will haunt you until you do. And I mean, haunt you in the fact that it stays stuck in your cells until a trigger happens, which is A trigger wound, like somebody could be wearing a cologne that represents the man that abused you to, you know, uh, a sudden shock of a death of a loved one brings up a previous death of somebody that was really meaningful to you. To even like some, some tragic movie that you're watching can bring you right back to that moment of trauma as well. So there's different ways of looking at triggers. For people in mental health, and this is why mental health needs to be talked about more and more money going towards mental health, because there's so much of that fight, flight or freeze happening, but people aren't acknowledging it. In order for me to continuously show up for people, I continuously do my own work. So if I'm in a process, I'm healing myself first, Mm -hmm. because I can't just show up for somebody if I'm from a wounded place, I have to be from a healed place. And I can't profess to be any better than anybody else. I'm just surrendering to hold sacred space, to offer that um, work that needs to be done from the roots up. Everybody keeps talking about mindfulness. It is about meditating, but it's not the mind that um, will heal. It holds you back. It's from the roots up, from the ground up. So from our generations that came before us to even our childhood, we have to heal that. It can't just go away and say, oh, we're, we're, we're cured you have to heal it and yes the scriptures say different things to reiterate that but you have to go through the work and the the organic uh, process of going through forgiveness is effortless once you realize the manifestation of the disorderment or dis-ease in your body because of the trauma can be dissipated because it's not given much power over you once you acknowledge it but it's stuffing it down is what does more damage to the body, the nervous system and your future. So I'm here to say, and be a testament of that, that I had to heal, like because a concussion affects the whole nervous system that I had to go deep and neuro-linguistic programming and hypnotherapy and perivagal. I'm just getting a certification in uh, trauma awareness too, that is helping me even be more aware of the sensitivity that people will have and why they go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. So yeah, it's multi-layered, but it is a process and it is something that you can't do alone. So I really encourage people that when they resonate with somebody that's in the profession to really harness it and trust yourself to go that depth, to lean in and allow yourself to be able to be that um, surrender because surrender isn't easy for a trauma survivor. You have to trust yourself first within your core and say, okay, I know now is the time for me and I want to show up for me, not for anybody else, because I want to be able to be that loving person, but it takes self-love and self-compassion then forgiveness.
1: I agree for someone who's never began their healing journey or in the very beginner stages would step one be reaching out to someone or is there work that they need to do on themselves before they even start reaching out to someone?
0: Well, I realized in my own life that it was hard to reach out because I had uh, trust issues because Mm -hmm. I felt that if I leaned in and trusted anybody, I would lose them again because one death after another, after another, after another happened that I couldn't even catch my breath. So this is why I provided the free resource of the forgiveness process of a letter. And it washes through the layers of how you can do it on your own. But then you reach out to someone that you trust. And I feel once you make that move, first move, the universe aligns. So once you're writing journal entries and you're writing these letters, then uh, you call out, you reach out and you say, if you're religious, you know, God, show me the next step to take, or, you know, you Google searches like counselors or therapists, or, you know, you ask your doctor to connect you to a mental health advocate, you know, or that right friend might just come along the way and say, I've got a perfect connection for you here, you know, just, it's all about intention and, and timing for you. So when you're ready, the universe will align. I truly believe that that's what's happened to me. And don't hold yourself back, but reach out because your voice is your best advocacy and your best tool, because that's how I healed myself, even of that concussion, because I could not even make a sentence out. I was stuttering again because of the tree impact. So I had to heal that. So I reached out to Roger Love and learned to use my voice again and sing and you know, learn the different octaves of my voice. And and then my voice came back. So I pulled in the different resources that worked for me in the moment, and just kept saying, Okay, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to do a workout, you know, whatever worked to bring the energy out, but it was breath work That was my biggest advocate, because we it's cheap, it's cheap, it's free, But Mm -hmm. we forget that it's breath reading in through the nose and out through the mouth. The parasympathetic nervous system then gets a release and it gets an endorphin release. Mm -hmm. Then the the perivagal nervous system gets validated and heard as the, the wounds or the trauma gets brought up. And it's like, okay, what do I do with this memory, this cell? So that's why you need to reach out. And I really encourage your audience to reach out because those emotions are coming up. Validation and having proper validation is so valuable in your healing journey. But setting boundaries for yourself and knowing who you can trust is so important because you can be re-traumatized by certain people if you don't build that trust rapport. I can only encourage that because again, it's even with our children, even with our family, when we're talking about mental health with our youth, we need to create that connection, that safety. That bond, but it involves boundary setting and saying, "Okay, we're going to have quality time versus quantity time mm-hmm. here." So we're going to lean into what's going on with you and really sense it, like really feel like you are empathizing. That's why I use uh, empathy in my forgiveness acronym as the the E, because we're not taught that. We're not taught empathy, but empathy is putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, even if you've not gone through an ounce of it and saying, I can't relate to you, but I can only imagine what you've gone through. And I'm here to say that I'm holding sacred space for you to just be what you need to be. And I won't be judgmental. I'll just be here so you can empty out. I'll validate what I'm hearing you say and speak it back exactly verbatim what they're saying. And then just hold that space because that's mainly what people need to get it out of their nervous system is to have it voiced. Because when that voice is released, it's empowerment, it's sacredness, and it's, it's true um, enlightenment. Because when we hear prayers of other people, the Holy Spirit anoints people to pray. So mm-hmm. it's anointing that goes through people when you speak even. You know, it's like, even before I got on this podcast, I asked, you know, angels, God use me, you know, create the right words that it will touch people's lives and be purposeful in my intent. And that's what it is, is to save lives. My, my mission, my passion is to bring my faith alive in other people because forgiveness is really what I'm all about. Because I know firsthand, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here to say, I can look the murderers in front of me and say, I forgive them. I won't shake their hand because that's my boundary but I will say I forgive them because that sets me free. I'm the captive because I am now no longer the captive because I set myself free, but you're the captive. If you keep unforgiveness, that's truly what I can say from my own experience. Once you get that freedom, it is just so limitless. And that's why I created the acronym.
1: Yes. I'll definitely include it in my show notes. I think going to therapy I've been in and out for the last few years, and um, briefly when I was in college. But I think this past therapist that I've been working with over the last year. Or so, the first time I was able to like verbalize everything, like my whole life, everything that's ever happened to me, and I've just been like holding it in. I was like, oh, it took a lot for me to get through it. I was crying a lot, but it was like after releasing that, I'm like, okay, seriously, it was like a smack in the face. Like I now everything makes sense, and I feel so much better that I've just gotten it off my chest. There was no judgment. And I feel like that was a huge turning point for me to take back hold of my life. I was going to say too, with uh, sharing your faith and bringing light up in people, like it really starts with you though. I'm really such a firm believer of that. I know so many people that are held back and I'm like, it's so hard for me to explain to them, like they're only holding themselves back. And if you're not open to change and you're not willing to do the work, then I I, I can't have pity for you anymore because at the end of the day, you're in this situation because you're not willing to do the work for it. But also I have to hold myself accountable as well. Yeah, exactly. And I would honestly
0: say that probably why you started opening up is because you trusted yourself and it was time that you were done with holding it in. And you didn't want to live with those core emotions of anger, sadness, guilt, shame, and fear mm-hmm. anymore, because you were about to want to embark on something new in your life, going to college, That's usually when people, any transition is when like what happened to me with the tree, any major transition or new beginning, that is what gets you out of your comfort zone. And that's when you know there is growth to happen and that's what propels you forward. But if you harness it, if you choose to withdraw and go, you know, and reject everybody and abandon, you know, your course of life, then that's going to hold you back. But leaning in and truly being from that place of pain is your purpose to bring that your message of your mess to mm-hmm. the world, then you're being cathartic and helping everybody. And that's why there's so many books being written now. Because people are realizing their message needs to be heard for somebody else to be uplifted to be inspired to be transformed and, you know, ignited to shake up and realize that, you know, hey, there's more here to life than, you know, just staying in my pain and that's what even legendary les brown that i'm studying under did you know like he was diagnosed with labels too but he didn't let that define him he in fact said no it's going to refine me and it's going to make me become my passion and it's to use my voice to speak life in other people and that's what i'm here to say that if i can rise up so can you because hey having your whole entire family murdered is not no easy feat for anybody right but i know i'm not alone like look what's happening in Ukraine right now, and I'm Ukrainian. So my heart is really with all of them, because that we have to bind together. We're all one together, because we all know what it's like to suffer. We all know how pain is not to be kept silent and kept in ourselves, because we need to be free. We need to feel, you know, footloose and fancy free. So we can allow that love in that we're truly are but when we're in pain and suffering we don't allow love in and our cup is empty so we can't serve from an empty cup we have to only serve from an overflow and that's what i learned that day when i came down with that tree is that my cup was empty i had nothing left and i was the only one responsible for me nobody else mm-hmm. i couldn't blame anybody else mm-hmm. it was me that had to take ownership and that's what you did with going to college is that you said okay there's something coming up here for a reason i'm embarking on something new but there's something hesitating in me that's going to hold me back. And I don't want that to affect me. So you reached out and that's what I'm encouraging your audience to do is that in order to shift your life, you need to take one step in front of the other, you will have tests along the way, you know, the universe doesn't give us more than what we can handle, but you have to just surrender and allow and just say, what else is here for me? What else do I need to learn? But being grateful for it, like even Tony Robbins says, life happens for us. And I keep just saying, okay, it's happening for us. What else is here for me? You know, what else am I not choosing to see and feel and allow? And that's why when I hold space for other people, I am truly showing up for them because I know what it's like to know that I needed it too. And I still have my own therapist too. And I believe that you should go to somebody who is working on their own stuff too. Because if they're not, that's not helpful for their clients. You need to be showing up to someone who is accountable for their own path and their own journey as well. And that's why I went the route I did to learn all the modalities and the different tools so I could heal myself and then bring that to the world to help others. Because it's not being the lone wolf that heals trauma. It's about being a pack, about being, you know, a, a unit, a unity force out there because we heal in community and it takes a village to heal a child right so we all need to band our forces together our cultures all as one and truly lift each other up and you know be believers of everything that we have inside of us which is compassion and love but that gets tainted over time because we're we stay too much in our darkness
1: mm-hmm and the last thing I wanted to ask you, well, I guess I have two things. Um, this one could be a doozy. So if it's too much, we can just do surface level. But for raising a young toddler, wanting her to be aware and have um, opportunities and different experiences than I did as a child, um, not saying that my childhood was like something was entirely wrong or didn't have access to certain things. But I just feel like we've come so far in the last 20 years in terms of mental health what is the best solution or I shouldn't even say solution because I'm not sure if there's an exact pinpoint one, but how do we introduce mental health to children without them being like standoffish against it or not being able to comprehend what's the right age? Um, are there any little things that I could be doing now to encourage her besides her doing her little yoga in the morning with me?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's being the right healthy role model that it starts with you because the best, teachers are us as mentors and role models and that's what I have learned with my own journey is that my children saw that I was a workaholic so it wasn't the healthiest but at the same time that was my perfectionism uh, speaking through me because that's also a form of coping Mm -hmm. and then I became even deeper I realized that I even had um, an eating disorder so in acknowledging this and talking about it to your children as they get older of course making them aware so if they come home from school talking about you know oh my friend's family just separated and they're going through this and that whatever having a dialogue too with your children like even whatever age they come out with things sitting down and getting a book that can relate to it and talking about it over a book or you know in their their age bracket if you don't know how to do it go and google it and look in the library because there's many books now being written at different stages for different ages as well but I really believe being open and honest because the more that you're open and honest the child feels that and they trust you more and they'll come to you more they'll lean in But also setting healthy boundaries, like knowing that there's certain things that you won't talk about until they're a little older, because you don't want to traumatize them or make them afraid. So yes, like you're saying, do the yoga, go to gym, you know, a workout, like if you're a gym buff, uh, because that also releases (laughs) in the body, but it does for some people yoga, it opens up the energy system as well. I'm doing Kinergy lately, and it's just amazing. So it's a little Mm -hmm. bit
1: of both, but it's working with
0: the body. Yeah, but yeah, so be the the role model, but also have that conversation. Open communication is so important and not all families have it because we're so busy and we're so on the go. We're in flight mode as opposed to, you know, just staying with quality time. And this is what I even too learned that I was trying to give my children everything I didn't have. And that's what we have to realize. We can't overcompensate for what we didn't have because our children will then expect that as they keep moving forward. So what you do, the behaviors will be repeated. So stopping the cycle of what was done in your childhood is exactly what you need to do. Nothing more than that and realizing, okay, this is what I did and catch yourself doing it and say, okay, how can I do it on this way, but in a different approach? Mm -hmm. So like for me, what I did instead of being a workaholic, I realized that I had to pace myself and I prioritized taking my son out one day of the week and my daughter just one day of the week. So one-on-one. So there's quality time just getting to know them and feeling what they're going through and, you know, talking to them at different stages and going to events that they like to go to, um, engaging in things that, you know, brings that childlike nature out in yourself too. And I really can encourage your listeners to do that because we have to take our inner children with us on this healing journey. If we negate that and we choose not to acknowledge... different ages that we might have gone through trauma and heal it then that inner child does not get validated either and that's where it will show up in our children because you might get triggered by your children's age too at different stages i remember that when i was going through my healing journey that my therapist at the time had said well wait till your child hits puberty and that's when you're going to go through that trauma again, you know, but at a different level. And so I was on the peripheral, so I was looking out for it so I could work on it. So it was good to have a therapist to make me conscious of it, because our subconscious is 90% of why we do what we do, because mm-hmm. it's programmed from our past. Right. So that's why we have to always have someone that we're working with as a coach, a mentor or a therapist or a, a professional, whatever it might look like for you, a pastor or a missionary, whatever. That you feel resonates with you, that is truly where you need to be. And I can honestly say that I've taken on different modalities and say I'm more spiritual than I'm religious because I'm open to all cultures. I'm open to all backgrounds and all ways of life because my mother brought me up as a missionary and I brought in many children from all over the world into my home because I wanted to learn culture. I wanted to appreciate culture and where and why we do the different traditions that we do because we're all one and we can incorporate different practices into our life. Like yoga is a spiritual practice, but yet we go to church. So we can still incorporate both, you know, and like even Reiki, like I'm a Reiki master, like people shunned me for a while until they learned about it. Like, Oh, well, Reiki is just unconditional love. So I'm not going to diss it, you know? So that being said, like, I just had someone yesterday say, well, I'm of God and, and Jesus. And uh, I don't talk about chakras, but you got to realize we're all energy mm-hmm. prayer and, and uh, ascension comes through our crown chakra into our bodies, into our soul and, and aligns our heart with our soul. So we have to be open to all these different modalities so we cannot push people away because people need to be accepted for who they are not what they do Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm here to say with our children we have to appreciate them for who they are they're gonna go on their own path we have to just hold space for them and allow them to be who they are but we can only try to steer them in a specific way so they don't get re-traumatized or hurt like what we did so that is basically it in a nutshell but just be that light force that you wanted but didn't have And that's what I can honestly say that exercise also does for people. It makes them empty out all the emotions that they would have wanted to hear from their partners, from their lovers, from their, their parents to even their siblings. So they empty that out in that dialogue of the letter, just like as if you're writing a love letter to yourself or journaling, because getting the emotions out of your body is the biggest gift you can give yourself Mm -hmm. because you are a gift to this world and you need to harness that gift and value the gift you bring to the world.
1: Yes. And I really agree that love prevails all it's hard for me to like fit in one category because we're not meant to fit in one category. And if I only fit in one category, then I wouldn't be able to relate to as many people as I have access to. And that's the goal is to reach as many people as possible and just show that they can be loved just where they are. It doesn't matter. Um, there is love for you. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on are your two books. I wanted to give you a little bit of uh, opportunity to speak about both of them. I'll link them in my show notes for anyone to purchase, but if there's anything that we've talked about today and they want to learn more, which book should they look into and where can they find it?
0: Okay. Well, both of the books are compilation books. So they're with uh, 30 other authors um, and I can encourage people to pick them up. They're Called ignite possibilities and ignite the hunger in you the ignite the hunger in you is with les brown the first one is ignite possibilities that i wrote uh, with others uh, about how my journey what i was basically just sharing and Mm -hmm. then how i did it at the action steps or at the back of the chapter so these two books all have the same format so you have the action steps in behind the chapter so then you can walk the path of least resistance as well So they're very healing books and they are short stories. So they're only 25 to 2,700 words each. So you can pick it up every day and and be inspired by different stories. So they're really inspiring. And why I partook in this project or these projects, and I've got two more in the works for this year already, um, is that I wanted to ignite people to realize that they have a story inside of them too. And the steps that I took might resonate with somebody or it might not, but try it on like a Mm -hmm. coat. And if it fits, then wear it. But if not, you know, there's another story in the book that might resonate with you. So I'm here to say that I ignited my life to where I am today because I trusted myself enough to say, okay, my life is a gift. I want to keep giving. Mm -hmm. And it's about giving, not receiving for me. But I'm realizing now in my journey in giving, I receive because In the allowing, I lean in and I get so much without uh, condition because I'm able to meet wonderful people like you and other people that come to me as a result of hearing my story because they say, wow, I resonate with you because I've never heard the impact that I could make on somebody. And, you know, listening to your story, it impacts me and inspires me. So I'm now bringing them into uh, the forgiveness because my next book is uh, Ignite Forgiveness Mm -hmm. And it's truly inspiring people to, you know, bring that forgiveness to the world, because in that we can bring peace, we can bring joy and love and compassion, because that's what we need to make this world a better place and be the change that Gandhi says that we need to be is be that change, be the love, be that passion and precision to allow others to rise up too that we don't have to be in our ego. We don't have to demolish somebody's uh, self-confidence or self-esteem and put them down. In fact, we need to inspire them because we all can be igniting together, Mm -hmm. not one over the other. And that's what I believe and why I believe in in Les Brown and Oprah and uh, uh, even Ellen DeGeneres, like all the big names out there because they gave voice to other people, but they found their own voice first. And that's where it starts.
1: Yes. And I highly encourage people to do the action steps in books. Like they are there for a reason. And if you just read them and you don't actually journal, take the time to meditate and think, or just talk about out loud with someone, you're not getting all of what that that book is intended to do. You're just cheating yourself at the end of the day when that's not what you're supposed to do at all. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what truly we're here for is to see what we can do, like every book I pick up, I'm either highlighting or saying, oh, I need to really think about that one, because it brings another invocation of my subconscious to the, my consciousness. And that's what we want, because that 90% controls our behavior. So we want to bring that 10% up to, you know, more potential. So we need to always be bringing in different resources and igniting our life so we can be that next beacon for somebody else. And that's what I just truly pray for every single day is that God use me because I don't want anybody else to be abused or feeling abused or even re-traumatized because I'm here to inspire others to say that they can be just as impactful and empowering as I can be. And, you know, we all have a story. That is golden and that needs to be that gift. Like I say in the forgiveness uh, acronym is allow yourself to receive that gift of somebody else to be able to follow your intuition and value yourself enough to empathize with somebody else. Read a book that inspires you, pick up these books. Uh, They're on Amazon or in your public library. Like I have them in my public library as well. So you can sign them out, read them because it's that little message that you might just need that day that picks you up from, you know, a dark spot in your life. And like COVID has brought a lot of that up to for people and suicide is on the the rise. And this is what my passion is, is to end it because I went into getting certified to end that because I believe my life was saved for a reason. So if I can save one life, I've done a mission, but I know this COVID, I've saved at least seven lives so far that I am aware of. I'm hoping it's more, but my mission in life is to save a billion lives so I can, Then leave a legacy that leaves an imprint on people's hearts that, you know, hey, if she can rise up and and use her voice, so can I. And that's what I can honestly leave as a a nice ending is that you have a value in who you are. And that voice needs to be heard, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on a summit that I'm always on as well to even, you know, writing a book to many other opportunities that are coming up in the, the future. The possibilities are limitless and infinite for you. So just trust and believe in yourself.
1: Well, there you have it. Another great conversation with another person who's just trying to make a difference. It's really up to you. It's all in your hands. And if you believe in God, it's even better and easier. (laughs) I thank you so much for coming back for another episode of Sierra Unraveled. If you haven't rated my show, please do so so others can find it. And until next time, as always... Stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel yourself.